Hello, this is Ayush from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, January 28th, and the government of India has said that it has curbed an increase in COVID-19 infections with the fifth of its districts reporting no new cases for a week, even as its immunization campaign has covered 2.4 million people. The country has recorded the highest number of cases in the world after the United States. So the rate of infection has come down significantly since the mid-September peak. Health Minister Harshwardhan noted that fewer than 12,000 cases were reported in the past 24 hours. He said 146 of India's 718 districts have had no new cases for a week and 18 districts for two weeks. With infections falling, the government said that from February 1st, it would lift curbs on the use of public swimming pools, allow cinema halls and theatres to seat more than 50% of capacity and let all types of exhibition halls to operate. India started its COVID-19 immunization program on January 16th with the aim to reach 300 million people by July-August. The country has so far reported 10.7 million infections and 1.5 lakh deaths, one of the world's lowest fatality rates from the disease attributed partly to its younger population. HiroCare Technologies Limited, one of India's top three diagnostic chains, told Reuters that the antibody tests it had done on more than 700,000 people showed that 55% of the country's population may have already been infected. The World Health Organization, or the WHO, says that at least 60-70% to of the population needs to have immunity to break the chain of transmission. Delhi police's probe into the violence during a tractor rally by farmers on Republic Day is now focused on finding those involved in planting a Sikh religious flag at the Red Fort. On Tuesday, protesters forced their way inside the Red Fort complex and placed a flag above the fort's entrance. Several teams of Delhi Police's Special Cell, or Anti-Terror Unit, are scanning through footage of violence at the iconic fort complex to identify those who hoisted the flag there. NDTV reported that actor-activist Deep Sidhu, whom farmers have accused of being responsible for the violence, has been named in a case filed by the Delhi Police. A handful of farmer leaders have also been named in the 25-plus cases filed by the police since Tuesday evening. The cases will be probed by a special investigation team, the police have issued lookout notices against farmer leaders and others named in the FIRs. Their passports too will be seized to prevent them from travelling abroad. The Delhi police has also issued a notice to farmer leader Darshan Pal of the Samyukt Kisan Morcha asking why legal action should not be taken against him. The notice was sent for alleged violation of the agreement with the police regarding the route and time of the tractor rally. One farmer died on the way to the Red Fort on Tuesday with Delhi police saying it was an accident. The Uttar Pradesh police said on Wednesday that the farmer's family has claimed that his autopsy report shows he was not shot. My colleagues Basant, Nidhi and Aditya were on the ground when the protesting farmers entered Delhi two days ago. They witnessed the violence, took the tear gas and documented the agitation up close. They also travelled with the farmers, spoke to them, talked to the police and reported the action on the go. To get a sense of how things happened, you can read my colleague Nidhi's ground report titled You Cannot Unsee Us driving with farmers during the tractor rally. You'll find it on our website, www.newslaundry.com. And if you like our ground reports, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. You can do so by heading over to the website and clicking on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our cheapest subscription costs only 300 rupees a month. So please extend your support to independent media and pay to keep news free. Senior Congress leader Gulam Nabi Azad today announced that 16 opposition parties will be boycotting the President's address to the joint sitting of Parliament at the start of the budget session. The major reason behind this decision, Azad said, 
is that the farm laws were passed forcibly in the House without the opposition. Besides Congress, the 15 other parties are NCP, Shiv Sena, the SP, RJD, CPIM, PDP, MDMK, the Kerala Congress, and the All India United Democratic Front. Continuing his attack on the center over the three contentious farm laws, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi said that the country would have been on fire if all farmers understood the finer print of the laws. Addressing an event in Kerala, Gandhi said that the truth is that most farmers do not understand the details of the three farm laws because if they did, there would be an agitation all across the country. The former Congress president, who was at Kalpeta in his parliamentary constituency of Vayanar in Kerala, has in past repeatedly appealed to the central government to roll back the three farm laws. The Madhya Pradesh High Court today rejected the bail application of comedian Munawar Faruqi and Indore resident Nalin Yadav, who were arrested on January 1st following complaints of allegedly hurting Hindu religious sentiments during a comedy show in Indore. The Indore bench of the court observed that the evidence collected till now shows that outraging religious feelings of a class of citizens of India with deliberate intentment were made by the applicants. Dismissing the bail applications, the High Court observed that there is no specific assertion by the complainants that Faruqi and others made jokes deliberately against Hindu gods. The court added that Faruqi's complacency cannot be ruled out. Faruqi and Yadav had approached the High Court, challenging indoor session court's order that dismissed his bail application on January 5th in a case registered under multiple IPC sections, including 295A, which criminalizes deliberate and malicious acts intended to outrage religious feelings of any class by insulting its religion or religious beliefs. A total of six people have been arrested by Tukoganj police, including Faruqi and Nalin. However, Faruqi's advocate Vivek Tankha, along with Anshuman Shivastav, argued that the comedian had not uttered a word at the event for which he can be punished. Faruqi's bail plea was rejected on January 5th by a Sessions court, while his judicial custody was extended by another two weeks on January 13th. Faruqi and four others were arrested last month after the son of a BJP MLA filed a complaint against Faruqi of passing indecent remarks against Hindu deities and Union Home Minister Amit Shah during the show. A local court had then sent them to judicial custody. Krishan Dev Sethi, the last surviving member of the Constituent Assembly of the erstwhile Jammu and Kashmir state, passed away this morning. He was 93. Born in Meirpur on January 1st, 1928, Sethi was a popular leader and remained State General Secretary of the Democratic Conference. He was one of the members of the Constituent Assembly from 1951 to 1957 and played a key role in making Sheikh Abdullah, the then Prime Minister of the erstwhile state, bring land reforms, abolishing big land holdings, besides waiving off all debts people owed to the moneylenders at the time. In 1957, Sethi got elected from the Naushira Assembly constituency as a nominee of the Democratic National Conference, a splinter group of the National Conference headed by GM Sadiq. While Sadiq joined Congress in 1961, Sethi remained with the DNC and again contested the Assembly elections from Naushira in 1962. Express reported today that according to elderly people of the area, Sethi had alleged alteration of the election results by the then-returning officer under pressure from the Congress government. Sethi formed Democratic Conference along with Ram Piara Saraf, another communist leader who was then influenced by the Naxal movement in India and who too had lost the election in Jammu division. The new party had affiliation with CPI-ML. Pakistan's Supreme Court today ordered the release of British-born Al-Qaeda militant Ahmad Omar Said Sheikh the prime accused in the beheading of American journalist Daniel Pearl in 2002 in Karachi. The apex court dismissed the Sindh provincial government's appeal, 
against the Sindh High Court's decision to overturn the conviction of Sheikh for the beheading of Pearl, the 38-year-old South Asia bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal. According to the short verdict, a three-judge SC bench headed by Justice Mushir Alam also directed to release the suspect. One member of the bench opposed the decision. Pearl's murder took place three years after Sheikh, along with Jaisi Muhammad Chief Masood Azhar and Mushtaq Ahmed Zargar, was released by India in 1999 and given safe passage to Afghanistan in exchange for nearly 150 passengers of hijacked Indian Airlines Flight 814. He was serving a prison term in India for kidnappings of Western tourists in the country. Pearl was abducted and beheaded while he was in Pakistan, investigating a story in 2002 on the links between the country's powerful spy agency ISI and Al Qaeda. In April 2020, the Sindh High Court had overturned the death sentence of Omar Sheikh and sentenced him to seven years in prison, and acquitted three other accused: Fahad Nasim, Sheikh Adil, and Salman Saqib, who were earlier sentenced to life imprisonment by an anti-terrorism court. After the Sindh High Court verdict, the Sindh government and family of Daniel Pearl filed petitions in the apex court. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.